The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Jesus and what it means to follow Jesus into this world that we live in. We're in the book of Mark, and we've been going through this the last couple of weeks. I believe, uh, friends, that the church in the West, not so sure about the church in Southeast Asia, but I know the church in the West is at a, a crossroads. Uh, in many ways, we are needing to figure out the way to go. Um, what we have seen is that has worked in the past is no longer really working anymore. We saw that during the pandemic, many of our relationships became fractured. Um, and that's as a, as a result of, of really the 10 years of change that we were going to experience in the future was consolidated and compressed into two. And so we really are trying to figure out what does it mean um, to live in human relationships um, with this rapid change that has taken place among us, but also what does it mean for us as a church? A Western church. In many ways, we have been found wanting. In many ways, the things that we have depended on are no longer working. And, and so, the, the, what we're doing, I believe, the Holy Spirit is, is, is pushing us deeper into learning about God, learning about what it means to follow Jesus and be in community together to make a difference. Keith Farmer is a pastor. Uh, he's been in ministry since the 1960s, and he said that if, if Jesus were to write a letter to the church today, he would write something like this. He would write, write to, the book, to the church in the Revelation, how did you get to where you are today from where I started 2,000 years ago? You're striving hard, and your heart seems to serve me, but you have drifted away from keeping the main thing the main Friends, we in the West, I believe, have been so busy doing that we forgot to be. Away, you're talking in riddles. What on earth do you mean by that? Well, Jesus, I believe, is going to show us this morning what it means to be before we do. He will model this for us, I believe, and call us to follow his example. Remember, friends, that as we look and ask the question, who was Jesus and why, does, why did he come, we also need to remember the important question uh, and, and, and to think through how much Jesus was like us. Yes, he was the Son of God and is the Son of God and always will be the Son of God. But the incarnation means he came and took on our humanness. He is like us. And so the practices and the things he did, he's modeling for us to follow. He said, you will do greater things than I've done, and we'll do those collectively, yes, I believe. But we will do them through modeling the practices that he modeled. It's one of the key strong practices that Jesus did, we will see today. And from Mark 1, 35, it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. I think I'm going to talk about prayer today. I'm going to talk about something even more fundamental than that. The next verse says, 
Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. In fact, it's, it's everyone is looking for you. Jesus, what are you doing out here? Why did Jesus need to pray? He's the Son of God. Why would he need to spend time with the Father? And they had a busy day. Mark would have shared with you last week that you know, it was on the Sabbath and Jesus taught in the synagogue. And there was a demon-possessed man, and Jesus drove out the demon. And then he went to Simon Peter's house. Simon Peter's one of the first disciples. And his mother-in-law was sick. Must have loved his mother-in-law because he asked Jesus to heal her. Um, and then people came from all over the village to be healed. And Jesus drove out demons. It was a full ministry day. And I'm sure when you ministry, when you've had a full day, you, you feel empty. You feel, you know, you feel good about it, but you feel Jesus needed to pray because he was also human. He's modeling this for us. What did Jesus need to hear? A few weeks back, we read the passage where Jesus was baptized. This is what we read. The Father said, You are my son whom I love. This is Mark 1 11. You are my son whom I love with you. I am well pleased. In this little word I glossed over when I read the passage, it said Jesus went into the wilderness to pray. You expect we saw the wilderness was the place where John the Baptist was baptizing. It was the place where Jesus, was, was the Spirit anointed him for ministry, but it was the place where the Father said to him, You are my son, and you I am. Going back into the desert for Jesus was going back to the place where he would hear from the Father about who he was. That he was in the right place, doing the right thing. Jesus, what Jesus heard from the Father was more important than the applause from the crowd. Jesus knew that what he did flow from who he was. And again, you're going, Ray, come on, he's the Son of God. He's modeling for us, friends, that what we do flows from who we are. The Western Church got caught up in the busyness of doing. We became so busy doing that we forgot that knowing and being with God was our first priority. We, were, we fell into the trap of busyness and had left our characters wanting. And so church relationships, and, and this is across the board, where, where we found this fracturedness in our relationships, it means very often that we spend less time developing our characters than we were busy doing what God had called us to do. We saw many of our, of our really important, prominent Christian leaders fall and have moral failures. In many ways, friends, we're responsible for what took place because we put them on a pedestal. We said, what you're doing is great, and we put them up on a pedestal. And and in many ways, we we set them up for failure because they were so busy doing that they forgot to be. I was talking to a a pastor friend of mine, and and he was talking to a very prominent um, 
Christian leader at the time. You'd know the person's name if I mentioned it. But he said that this Christian leader is now subsequently fallen into disgrace. He was talking to him at an airport, and this person said to, to Dale, the, the pastor, he said, Dale, I, I haven't slept for two nights. I've been so busy doing ministry, but I haven't slept for two nights. No wonder, friends, in fact, when we forget to be, when we forget to know who we are in God's presence, and we are so busy practicing the being, trying to be a, a godly mom and dad, trying to be a godly husband or wife, and trying to be a, a godly employee or employer, trying to do the right things in church, we do, do, do. Unless we are spending time with God, we affirm who we are, the being, our character is exposed. So character matters. As a follower of Jesus, what you do flows from who? Ask me this morning, what's your deepest need? What's your deepest need? I believe the fragmentation of our souls, friends, very often the things that cause us to fragment, to disintegrate. Very often the things that we sing in. Because we're pursuing a deep need that is unmet. Perhaps you're addicted to spending money, but what you're really needing is acceptance. Perhaps you're addicted to pornography, and what you're really needing is to be truly loved. Perhaps you're a workaholic, but what you're really needing is to be deeply affirmed. Perhaps you are consumed by social media and what you're really wanting is to be included. Perhaps you're very critical. And I know about pretty critical people, they're often very critical about themselves internally. Perhaps you're very critical because what you're really needing is to find your deep worth in God. What is your need? Bruce Haley Barton is an author and quite a well-known author, and she wrote this. She said, your desire for more of God than you have right now, your longing for love, your need for deeper levels of spiritual transformation than you have experienced so far is the truest thing about you. When we spend time with God, truly, and we encounter Him, He meets our deepest need. That's how we are changed. That's how we are. That's how we, we are our characters are formed. Simon and his, and his friends, as we saw, we'll read it again, Mark 1, 36. Simon and his friends, they had it wrong. They had it the wrong way around. Let's read it again. Mark 1, 36 to 37. Jesus had gone out to play, and Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. The, 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 the way that this is phrased is they were actually impatient with Jesus. 
the word when they were looking for him, reads this word, they were hunting for him, they were pursuing him, they were trying to find him, they woke up in the morning and Jesus wasn't there, they had this great time together. I mean, this was Simon Peter's hometown, like he was the hero, right? He did, Jesus had healed his mother-in-law, he was a super big hero because of that, uh, and, and, and his friends were all in this town of Capernaum, I mean, he was the man. And so he takes his notes and they go and look for Jesus and they say, Jesus, what are you busy doing? You've had a good time. Come back. Let's carry on with the doing. The disciples are doing pain before the doing. And friends, that will lead to burnout. I just want to give you my own example of that in my own life. I was a young pastor back in South Africa and I'd gone to a church and um, God had blessed that ministry. I worked hard at, at, at ministry and the church, and with God, this is God's doing uh, and not mine. But the church doubled and doubled again in five years. And there was so much busyness. And when I was at college and at, at, at Bible college, they kept warning us and saying, you need to spend time with God, making sure your own tank is full. Because if you keep giving out and giving out, you're going to be working in, in ministry on an empty tank and you will burn out. And I heard that, and, and for a while I practiced my spiritual practices, but things got so busy. Yeah, and we started a Christian school, and we had a young family, and, and there was a change in, in South Africa, the democratic change um, in South Africa, and the, the cultural shift of that, and it was, that, that was exciting and, and good times to be part of that. But as a result, I neglected my spiritual practices, and I burnt So I had to leave that church because I simply didn't have more to do. God in His grace used that journey to bring me to Australia. So God is bigger than our own failures. He's bigger than the things that we neglect. And He comes back to us and He begins to build back into us His plans for us. You see, friends, character matters. As a, follow, as a Jesus follower, what you do flows. I want to ask you this morning, what is it you desire? What is it you truly need? Are you tired of the half-baked spirituality of the Western church? You long for more of God and to become more like Jesus. Jesus here was practicing the spiritual practice of silence and solitude and prayer. These spiritual practices, friends, as I discovered, and now it's baked into the pie for me. The spiritual practices are these basic components of soul care. Where your deepest needs are met, they lead us to an intimacy with God, keeping us open and available for God's work and God's initiative in our lives. It's not very easy, though, to be open about our souls. Parker Palmer says this. He said, the soul is like a wild animal. It's tough, resilient, resourceful, savvy, it knows how to survive in hard places, but it's also sharp. Just like a wild animal, 
and seek safety in the dense underbrush. And the last thing you want to do when you want to see a wild animal is to go blundering in the bush, yelling at, yelling at it to come out. Friends, our souls are resourceful and serving, but yet strong. Sometimes we don't want to really come into God's presence and really be fully known, even though we believe that's the right thing for us, because we wonder what we God can do. something more important than we do. What would it be like if we truly knew us deeply when we knew we do? We know and we've learned in, in Christian practice that this structured arrangement of, of, of doing things, of these spiritual practices, of these rhythms, doing them regularly, some people call it a rule of life, some people call it a soul care, and other people call them spiritual disciplines or spiritual practices. They're ways of putting ourselves in God's presence where He can meet with us and where we can be transformed. Those practices don't transform us on their own. They simply put us in the place where God can change our lives. So this morning, I simply want to encourage you, friends, if you answer the question for yourself in a little while, what is it you truly need from God? What spiritual practices do you need to begin to implement? Instead of what we have in our pockets, probably the biggest barrier to our spirituality. Why is that? As soon as you have a desire to, okay, let me have some quiet time with God, the phone goes, bing. What do we do? Want to look at it. Or when you wake up in the morning, this is something I've got to watch. When I wake up in the morning, the first thing I'd look at is, oh, it's my emails. Or I spend time with God. Or what's on social media. Friends, we have to learn to practice solitude and silence on our phones. For example, before we meet with God, there's some other practices that are important. Bible reading, prayer, solitude and silence, meeting together in fellowship, this character maps. As a Jesus follower, what you do flows from who you are. Jesus needed to know that he was the Son whom the Father truly loved. And what he did, and we'll see that next week, flowed from who he was. morning, you're asking the question, and it's a good question, how on earth do we do this? How on earth do we put ourselves in this place where our deepest need can be exposed before God, and that that will be okay? Hebrews 4.15 says this. I want you to think about that Jesus was also human as we read this. For we do not have a high priest. He was unable to sympathize, was unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet, he did not. 
blow your mind that the God of the universe, the God of the angel armies, that's my favorite title for God, the God of the angel armies, the God of the universe, God most high, wants to meet with you. wants to tell you that you are loved. That you are his beloved. That you matter. That you belong. That he has a plan and purpose for you. And all of this is made possible because of Jesus. So three quick questions this morning. What's your deepest need? And how are you trying to meet that? way do you have being and doing in the wrong order? And as a result, what is your plan? To place yourself more regularly in God's loving and transforming presence. I'm going to do that right now. Leave it up if you want to take a photo of it. Let's do that right now. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that we can even be here this morning because we are loved. You loved us so much that you sent your son to die on a cross. to be raised to life again. Now seated in the heavenly, speaking to you on our behalf. We are being made radiant, the beautiful bride of Christ. But we acknowledge our sin Acknowledge, Lord, that we have looked to satisfy our needs, our deepest needs, outside of you. We ask you, God, as we come back to that place this morning, that you would show us what our deepest need is. How are you going to meet that? We want to say, Lord, this morning we love you. We affirm that you are our Father. We affirm that you are our Creator, God of wonders. Celebrate your good work. Celebrate, Lord, that you've led each of us here on a journey. Also sitting next to us, Lord, as an important story, an important journey with you. Celebrate that you care about them as much as you care about me and us and the people down the road. Give us this morning for being 
so busy doing what they want. Have you forgotten to be human in your choices? Have you forgotten to follow Jesus into all the ways that he has called us? Jesus, thank you that you're talking to the Father on our behalf. Morning, you're mentioning each person here by name or the Father. Thank you for that. You muted us, Lord. Help us through the Holy Spirit to put practices into place, regular practices that feed our souls, that allow that shy animal to come out of the ground. Practices, Lord, that would nurture us and place us in your presence that we might be transformed. Help us, Lord, as a Western church. Lord, to come back to the character matter. That we are shaped and formed as we follow Jesus. Help us do that. We pray revive us. Give us a first love for you. Knock on the door of our hearts, Lord, and we will open it. Lead us by your Spirit, we pray. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au